Hello, friends, and welcome to Virtual Strangers 24. I am your host, Wes. With me, as always, my good friend, Roots. Roots, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Looking forward to the uh, news that's came out this week. It's actually been a lot of news uh, in VR this week. Uh, this week and every week. Yeah. It seems like uh, uh, it's getting easier and easier to put these shows together. Um, so what are we going to talk about first? First, let's talk about, in my opinion, the news of the week, and that being Ubisoft. Uh, wasn't long ago, I think in July, that rumors began to surface about uh, an impending deal between Facebook, Oculus, what have you, and Ubisoft. And the deal reportedly was to bring uh, exclusive VR versions of Splinter Cell and or Assassin's Creed to the Oculus platform, or a oculus platform we'll talk more about that in a moment um but at the time it was just a rumor people cautioned that we should take these rumors with a grain of salt uh fast forward a few weeks later the ubisoft ceo is on an investor call uh and it pretty much sounded like he was uh uh pumping up vr uh, and and basically uh, showing support in what he believes is going to be a, a prominent line of business in the coming uh, months and years. Uh, again, you know, to be taken with a grain of salt by itself, but if you look at it in the larger scheme of things and put it with the earlier rumors that we had heard, it seemed like it might have a little more meaning uh, than what it would have at face value again though cautiously optimistic just rumors well we found out this week that there are some uh, some job listings on the ubisoft website nine in total at the time of this recording with more to come according to ubisoft uh spokespeople uh, i don't know an ubisoft source uh more many more according to them jobs uh, that are going to be posted and these jobs are for quote um, to build a 50 person strong team to work on an unannounced VR project they're describing the game as a triple-a title that will use one of Ubisoft's biggest IPs so again the this news lends credence to the July rumor that Oculus has pinned a deal, even though they didn't name Oculus specifically, nor did they name Splinter Cell or Assassin's Creed specifically as being the titles that they're going to work on. But it all lines up. It all seems uh, to point to those rumors being uh, valid. So, Roots, what I'm wondering is this. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious at this point that that these rumors are, are true, that these are going to be exclusive games for uh, Oculus, for an Oculus platform. 50-person 50, 50 team, so a pretty big undertaking. Um, my only concern is this. Being, being someone who comes from a PSVR background, uh, someone who owns a PSVR or, or PS4 Pro, uh, 
I know what it's like to have uh, these exclusive AAA games being held back by older uh, or less powerful machinery because Sony won't publish anything that is um, that won't run on the OG PS4. And when I see Ubisoft aligning themselves with Oculus, obviously they're doing this because they want to sell games, right? Well, what's the fastest growing platform that Oculus has to offer right now? It's Oculus Quest, right? So, as awesome as I think it is that we're getting these titles, I'm thinking that they're probably going to be Quest titles. Am I off base here? I don't know. I haven't thought about that, actually. I hope you're off base because uh, I want to see uh, Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell on uh, um, Oculus Rift S or or maybe I'll have an index by then or something else that's came out that's better. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it would be limited to it. Maybe it'd be two different versions or a, a scaled down version. I mean, they're getting really good. And when we were just talking about earlier amongst ourselves about um, what a triple A AAA company or any company really with 50 people working on a title. I mean, man, what the hell could they do with the quest? Maybe it comes out and it's so optimized and it's uh um, I mean, and it depends on what kind of game you're looking at, you know, maybe it's a third person one where you're in an environment and you've got the little person running around. I mean, I don't know. They could do some really cool stuff. Um, imagine yeah. Mortal Kombat, you know, like from a, a up above view and you're watching the, the two people fighting each other and you're fighting, but you're your bird's eye, you know, I mean, they could all these type of games. You could you could really even just keep it as it is and just put it in VR with the environment around you. And it would be amazing. Yeah, I think that's really the, the, the question here is, I don't think there's any question really that what they're doing here. They're going to be bringing these games to Quest. Uh, obviously, the, the numbers, the PCVR numbers aren't going to be large enough unless Facebook is just totally subsidizing the thing and paying for the whole thing out of pocket. But uh, the question is, does the Rift version match the quest version because as you know there are two types of quest ports there are the ports like uh journey of the gods where you can see zero difference between the the quest version and the rift version and then there are the ports like uh the, the vader immortal where there's an obvious difference uh, even though it's the same game there, there are big visual upgrades for the rift version so um regardless uh, of, of what path they decide to go here with these games. Uh, I'm really, really excited at the prospect of, uh, of a, a big name Ubisoft title coming to Rift, whether it be a quest port or not. So what do you think the difference is with the developers or what they did differently with Red Matter and uh, Vader Immortal? Um, you know, why does Red Matter look so amazing? Um, and not that Vader Immortal doesn't, but it seems like they had to do more tricks. Or was it maybe because they developed it earlier? Um, is there something that maybe the develop they had more people on Red Matter? I mean, obviously, I know you don't know the answer. I'm just posing these questions. But um, I just think as we go along further and they, they get more and more advanced in the optimization, especially with a big team, um, who knows what the hell they'll be, they'll be able to do with, um, with those games. You know, I'm, I'm kind of psyched to see. And hopefully it wouldn't be something that is going to be uh, 
you know, even if it is different, um, let it be different in a way that is good for me as a Rift S owner. So that's all I got to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Red Matter is a, a good example there. I think that that points out uh, what how much power the, the Oculus Quest actually has in the hands of a talented developer. And uh, I think Ubisoft, I think they fall into that category. I mean, they've got a catalog, some six or seven titles deep now when it comes to VR. Not only the ones that are showing on this trailer here, but even since this trailer came out, we've had, uh, what, we've had Transference and Space Junkies, both top-notch AAA titles that Ubisoft has produced. So, uh, yeah, I think if anyone can optimize for the Oculus Quest, it's going to be a, a, a team uh, like this one Ubisoft is assembling. Again, 50 people deep. So, uh, I think that uh, the sky's the limit here for this, regardless of whether or not it was developed for Quest. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this uh, this just goes back to, to what we've spoken of repeatedly on this show and that, that we're coming into a new era for VR, not only with the new hardware, but with the developers getting, uh, 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 getting some experience under their belt, learning how to make games for VR. And then we have a whole new wave of uh, confidence from corporate sponsors. And it just seems like VR is blowing up everywhere right now. And this is just more evidence of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's that things are picking up pace. Um, and uh, I just expect it to get um, better. You know, if you think of it from the analogy of um, gaming consoles, you know, you'd have going from Nintendo to Super Nintendo, you know, PlayStation 1 to 2 to 3, and you'd see those jumps in technology. And we're getting that type of jump in technology every couple of years um, as far as the advancement in these games. Uh, I mean, uh, just how far and how good they are and and uh i'm kind of psyched to see what's coming yeah it's interesting that you bring up the the consoles specifically here because uh let's assume that the initial rumor that we heard about the alliance between oculus and ubisoft are true let's just assume that that's completely true and that's what ubisoft is building here is one of those two titles that were reported back in july it wasn't a week or maybe two weeks prior to that rumor being released that there was another rumor that there was a, a deal between Oculus and Microsoft for the, uh, the next generation Xbox to support Oculus Rift S. And if that rumor were to be true, you would expect to see deals like this. Ubisoft, other big name game developers, making games exclusive, uh, exclusively for the Oculus platform, and uh, maybe even more so than Oculus Quest, mm -hmm. maybe what we're seeing here is the beginnings of what's going to be the next blockbuster, the first blockbuster VR game to be played on the Microsoft Xbox. Right, and Xbox, the new Xbox One or Xbox Two or whatever that they have pretty much comes out um, swing and bitch slaps uh, Sony with uh, two amazing titles and um, 
yeah, I just think it's if 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 it's true, it's brilliant. It's the like we've said, the only way Oculus or uh, Xbox can compete um, on day one with uh, Sony if they were to come out with VR. Yeah, yeah, and uh, regardless of whether this is uh, based around a potential sales on Oculus Quest or potential sales on the next generation Xbox. Uh, it all spells out to the same thing, and that means competition for Sony, who happens to control the market right now on, as far as VR goes. Quest is coming up fast, but uh, PSVR is still in that number one slot, and uh, that in itself is enough to be excited about because I don't expect Sony to take this lying down. If, uh, if Ubisoft is going to be making games for Oculus, uh, I, I can't wait to see uh who sony makes their next deal with for their next game sony pc like we <laughs> said you know coming out with all their stuff on epic uh, i don't know uh it's just like you said it's good for everybody it's good for all of us vr enthusiasts that uh a year ago thought vr was dead no none of us really thought it but they were trying to tell us it was dead so yeah yeah uh so yeah i think that uh this is just further evidence that VR is dead could be nothing further from the truth and uh, just more evidence that we're getting ready to enter into a, a, a awesome new era for VR. Okay, so it wasn't all sunshine and roses from the world of Ubisoft VR this week. And specifically, I'm talking about Space Junkies. For those of you who don't know, Space Junkies is a multiplayer first-person shooter uh, for, built for the ground up for VR uh, that just released this past spring on all major VR platforms. Um, it is a solely multiplayer game uh, that has struggled pretty much since day one to keep people in its lobby, um, despite the fact that it's a very highly polished well-supported VR title. It's a lot of fun, uh, but obviously, at this stage in uh, in in the the growth of VR, it's still not really big enough to support this kind of title. So Ubisoft has done everything that they can. They've added uh, they've added content, new maps, new weapons. They've slashed the price down to almost nothing on several occasions. They've had several free weekends, and uh, nothing has seemed to be good enough to draw people into Space Junkies. So, their next, or, or their most, their latest uh, plan of action to try to get people in the lobbies were to release it as a flat game. Uh, that Maybe they could get some flat gamers in the lobbies to play with, against the VR players, and that would be enough to support this game. So, uh they opened up a they recently opened up a beta test testing it out with flat gamers and as of this past wednesday august 28th uh, the development team behind space junkies have brought the non-vr open beta to a close not only have they done that but upon completion of the beta they have announced that they're no longer going to be releasing this as a flat release and furthermore, they're no longer going to be supporting this game with any further updates or any kind of uh, 
future plans for it at all, honestly. They had released the, uh, the first series of updates as seasonal content, season one. Well, there's not going to be a season two. The game is in its final state as we speak. That said, um, the game servers will remain open and accessible for those who have purchased the VR version. Roots, I recently purchased the VR version of this game. Um, and I know you have a copy of it as well. Does this concern you at all that uh, Ubisoft seems to have slammed the brakes off here and went completely 180 in the other direction? With Space yeah, Chuckies? it concerns me. Uh, it concerns me because everything they did about this game was wrong from the beginning. You know, $30 price, um, just everything. And it seems like everything they do is reactionary and too late. Um, this playing with non VR people should have been day one. Uh, you know, they, they should have focused on getting the lobbies full and, and realize this isn't PC, um, regular games. This is VR and, and it's very limited, um, people, you know, I was telling you earlier, Pavlov does well because it's 10 bucks and everybody it's like well why not buy it 10 bucks for for the 10 bucks everybody would buy this and everybody would have it now it's too little too late you could drop it to five bucks and people probably still wouldn't buy it and uh the lobbies are always empty um i don't know i know you were saying earlier you think uh it's like having half of the game right well i i think that um i think the game as it stands is a great is a great game it's it's highly polished triple a experience i just i don't think the numbers are there uh to carry a game like this uh in vr you know pavlov does well for what it is but beyond being ten dollars it's also highly modifiable mm. there's lots of custom maps and things that uh that people have made for that game and uh and i think that that's uh a lot to do with the success of it furthermore Pavlov games like Pavlov and Onward are uh, are are aiming at uh, they're more realistic. That they have real weapons in real scenarios. It's not a, a science fiction type thing like this is. Uh, but as far as the the price goes, I mean they've slashed this thing down to to where it cost almost nothing. I paid like seven bucks for it, and they gave me two keys. That that's how how much they've slashed the prices, yeah. slashed the prices for this thing. So I don't think it's so much a cost thing. I just I don't think that. Uh, no, it's a cost that. thing from the beginning. They didn't get the pools. It didn't get the the lobbies full from the beginning. So all the people that were excited to play, there was nobody ever on. And then by the time that they started slashing the prices to get people in, people were moving on. They were done. You know, it was like you you have one shot and Ubisoft assumed everything was going to be like every other game. Well, multiplayer and VR is completely different. You know, you need to get the base in there or else it dies. Okay, so they basically, they've seen the writing on the wall. They've realized the error of their ways. And um, well, let me ask you this. This news basically comes right on the, the heels of them announcing their new 50 plus person VR project. Do you think that that game going into development 
has anything to do with them pulling out of this game because obviously the people who built this are very talented developers. Do you think maybe they're trying to move some of that manpower over to the new game? Yeah, I mean, they probably did that last ditch effort. Okay, well, let's try, you know, putting it non VR, see how we do. If it doesn't get to a certain point, we'll just move on and, and allocate the sources somewhere else. You know, if you have even five people working on space junkies that's five people that could be working on uh splinter splinter cell or uh um assassin's creed so yeah i'd be interested to know i'd be interested to know if any of these developers end up working on that project whatever it may be um so here we stand with a, a again a very highly polished very good triple a game uh, with open servers that they say will remain open, yeah. um, are you concerned uh, that that may change? That uh, maybe the servers are open today, but maybe a year from now they're not going to be. Yeah, they're not going to be. I mean, if you think about it, it's, you know, this news isn't going to make people rush out and get the game. It's nothing's going to change. If, if anything, it's just going to be less and less people in the lobbies, and then eventually. Uh, it dies out you know vr is one of those games where or uh um places where you play games it, people have a short attention span they want to move on to something else even myself included it's very rare that i want to play a game today that i was playing last year um yeah. especially with everything new coming out i think it's it's with this game specifically it's more the genre than anything because i mean i have this game you have this game. I have an extra key for this game that, uh, you know, I, I even tried to give it away to, uh, I'm not going to call any names out, but I tried to give this game away and people were just kind of like, yeah, I wouldn't play it anyway. You should give um, it to a viewer and then play with them. That's why, that's why I kept it, honestly, is because I figure one of these days I'm going to need someone to jump in with me and when that day comes, I'll just be able to give the game to them. Yeah. Uh, but, um, the, the point I was trying to make here is we own this game and yet we really haven't played it. And at least on my part, it, it has absolutely zero to do with, I don't think there's going to be people in there when I get in there. It's just, this just really isn't my type of a game. As good as it is, and it is good fun, uh, I'm not looking to go play a game that's just solely a multiplayer game uh, most of the time. Right. Why? Why would you? Okay. You haven't played it either. Why would you say that you haven't went in and, and tried Space Junkies out? No, I've tried it. I just, uh, you know, it's. I mean, obviously, we have so many other games to play, but you know, and that's where I was. I was um, uh, throwing to you earlier is what you were saying earlier. You know, if this game had a campaign in it, like a really cool campaign, and this was like an addition everybody would have it you know for 30 bucks you have a really cool campaign to play through and you get to fight against other people i mean that's what these type of games used to be and and it's almost greed in a sense or a short uh just short-sighted you know you this is like i was that's what i was saying i feel like this is 50 percent of what the game should be there should be another half that's a campaign that gives people something to do that isn't against other people because some people don't want to fight against real people. I'm one of those people because usually they kill me and uh, it's rude. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that used to be the norm. That's where these types of games got their birth. 
is as a uh, additional content, people would buy the game to play through some epic story-driven campaign, and then the multiplayer uh, section would just be as an add-on to the game. And somewhere uh, we've gotten away from that somewhere along the line. And I think a game like this specifically, especially now in VR where the player bases are so small, and uh, uh, I think that a game like this could have benefited from it greatly, even if it was just a, a short three or four hour campaign. Uh, I, I think it would have made all the difference with uh, with space junkies. Yeah, I agree. Well, think about this. Think about Stormland. You know, um, coming out and they they have this edition that's like uh, like space junkies, and it's you know in a sense you're running around killing each other. You got maybe instead of one on one, you've got or two on three on you know people you've got like eight people running around as robots killing shit it's just extra stuff that would make a game that much more uh viable so yeah yeah i think that it uh it makes a lot of sense especially for the uh the vr platform as it stands today a lot of the players in vr are players like you and i who were never really much into the the multiplayer thing to begin with and uh uh you know vr while it may open up uh, open us up to new genres a, a little bit still we like what we like and those guys that are big time in the multiplayer they're still playing uh call of duty and and stuff right now they haven't bought a headset so uh i think that it would be uh uh i think it would be a big plus if anybody were planning on making these types of games in the future, if they would uh, make it into a multiplayer mode instead of a multiplayer game. Yeah. And you've That's got my 50 two people. Cents anyway. yeah, just have a bigger team and then you can, uh, you know, if you want to charge more, charge more. Exactly. All right. So uh, moving on. That's enough Ubisoft for mm -hmm. one day. This isn't the Ubisoft show. This is Feels uh, like it. This is the Virtual Strangers VR show, and I'm going to talk about a good VR game, a game that I like to play, a multiplayer game at that, a game that's only multiplayer that I really enjoy, and that game is Rush VR. You know, Rush VR came out quite some time ago. Uh, came out initially on PC VR, uh, eventually expanded to PlayStation VR, and then even the Oculus Quest after that. And we thought that this thing was pretty much a done deal. The game was in its final version. And, uh, you know, I at least was okay with that. Rush was an awesome game. Well, apparently these developers have not been resting on their laurels because Rush VR received a big content update on September 3rd. Uh, so this is what they did with Rush. They added in... A free flight mode so no longer are you forced to just race against uh, either other live players or AI bots but now you can just jump fly around have fun no more rings to fly through none of that no more time limits uh, they have added in these tokens that you can try to collect on your way down but you don't have to uh, it's just something that they've added for extra challenge um, They've also added a new track, and that being the Molten Tropics. 
and they described that as being, quote, a devastating volcano which spews molten lava across the jungle floor. And that sounds just awesome. Um, Roots tried to, uh, to go in earlier today and, and get a look at the new molten tropics level, uh, which has been added in. And obviously a, a, a new update was added into it uh, again today. And, and for whatever reason, made the game unplayable on Steam VR. So I want to go ahead and throw a shout out here to Paradise Decay, whose footage uh, that you're watching right now, because we weren't able to go in and record our own. But uh, Roots, looking at this footage, I think it looks pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, I wish I could see it in VR. I was so so bummed out. Like I was like, okay, I've got a couple hours. Wes is getting his kids to bed. You know, he's getting everything settled at home. I'll just jump into Rush. Um, and but thank God you knew that there was an issue because I was like, well, I was like getting into mode of let me reinstall it. Let me just do a bunch of shit. I really want to see this. And uh, yeah, I was a little sad, but it looks amazing actually. And even just the the uh, free fly mode, you know, like that's one of the things that I've always hated about this game in some respect is like uh, sometimes I just want to fly around. And uh, um, I think a lot of people felt that way. And it's cool that developers listen. So yeah, this. Uh... I've never really thought about a free flight mode too much on this game because this is a uh, a family favorite here. Mm. Uh, we've got this game on PlayStation VR, and as you know, we've got two PSVR headsets. So this is a staple here. This is something that we like to get in and play together. So whenever I want to get into this game, there's always somebody here to get into it with me. But uh, I think it's cool that they've added a free flight mode. Uh, Something else that they've added that I'm actually very curious about. They claim that crossplay is now enabled so that you can play with people on, quote, other platforms. So what I'm wondering here is, does this mean that Steam VR can now play with Oculus? Or does this mean that PC VR can now play with PlayStation VR? I don't know. Let me ask you this. Why can't they all just fucking play together? I don't understand that. Like, you're... It's a multiplayer game. It's exactly what we just said killed uh, the other game. Can you imagine if um, Space Junkies came out and closed it, but they could have played on other consoles, but they didn't? And eh, we're just not going to do it. You know, it just makes no sense to me. And I don't. I know you have to have dedicated servers. It costs money, um, but nothing's worse than pl going to play a game with your friend that you're on Oculus and they're on Steam. And you can't play together. You know, it's, eh, it's just stupid. I yeah, know. I agree. And obviously they do too. And that's why they've added in the cross-play support. Um, my only question is, is have they managed to convince Sony to allow uh, PC cross-play with the PSVR? I don't know. Uh, There's other games that do it. I mean, you, I know Star Trek does it. And, uh, you know, at some point... Um, it has to happen, right? Uh, you know, like it's why a, would they why would they allow Star Trek to do it if if it's not a if there's a more than a reason then they just don't want to? I can't speak to Star Trek specifically. I know that Star Trek initially didn't allow it, and Sony didn't allow it for any games. It actually took um, Fortnite uh, to break down that wall. Uh, they were falling behind because all of the other platforms. We're supporting crossplay on Fortnite, 
and uh, that's what brought Sony around to allowing crossplay on uh, on their titles. But it still isn't what I would call common. Mm. Uh, there's there's only a few titles that support it that I know of. Um, but yeah, that's my biggest question here. Can I play with Roots uh, on my PSVR? Or do I have to pick up a PC copy of this uh, to play with him uh, that way? Or it could they could be referring specifically to uh, Oculus Quest, which also supports this game. Um, that would make a lot of sense uh, as well. Yeah, true. And what but doesn't anyway, make sense is Quest and how they pick games for, you know. Uh, that's a topic uh, for another day. We'll talk about that later in the show. The Oculus Quest store and the criteria for getting published on Oculus Quest Store. It isn't a very clear criteria at all. And uh, we've got a discussion coming up on that. Stay tuned if you want to hear more about that topic. But uh, back to Rush VR here. Uh, three big changes to what was already a great game. Um, hopefully whatever this was that they were trying to do to it today, they get it lined out fairly quickly because uh, I can't wait to check out this volcano in VR. It's something that I haven't seen a lot of. They do it in Farpoint, uh, but uh, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that actually has an up-close view of a volcano in VR. Yeah, I just think it's cool they're adding to it still. Yeah, you I know? do too. It's a great game. It's, a, a what, 20 bucks this game costs, Roots? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely worth it too. It's one of the my favorite games as far as... Uh, um, it just feels like arcadey almost in a sense of what you would have done back in the day, standing there leaning and thinking, man, this would be so cool if I was in the game, you know? So. Right. Yeah. Well, you definitely get a, uh, a feel of the height when you play rush, but even more so when you get close to the ground, like PD's doing right here, you can really feel the speed of this game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a go-to again, a go-to here multiplayer game that, that's fun for the whole family yeah that's cool all right uh a quick note uh about until you fall before we move forward here you know until you fall came out last week and uh roots and i both play it we talked about it i can't remember if it was the monday show or the sunday show we talked about it uh we both had a very good experience in this game a uh a procedurally generated melee uh combat game uh arcade style in some ways with some rpg elements progression systems and so forth a really good game that played even though it's in early access it played like a, a full release fully polished game it looked and sounded beautiful like a full release for roots and i mm -hmm. that said uh those people who tried it on windows mixed reality and more prominently on Valve Index, uh, not so much, uh, not so many glowing reviews from those people. Those people uh, reported a lot of uh, glitches, a lot of uh, game-breaking bugs, poor blurry visuals, and overall an unplayable experience in this game, which I found to be difficult to believe based upon my experience. Uh, that said, uh, come to find out that this game was only officially supporting Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. So that explains why those index players had such a poor experience. And uh, 
Shell Games, the developer of Until You Fall, announced this past week that uh, support, official support for the Windows Mixed Reality and Valve Index uh, platforms will be coming in early October. So not very long to wait, um, less than a month now. And they even said that unofficial support would be coming even sooner. So those of you who like to opt into the beta versions of these games and, and get the updates early, uh, it's likely that support will be coming even sooner. So uh, those of you who have this game and are waiting for support uh, may be interested in uh, opting into that. Uh, Roots, have you been able to get back in to uh, Until You Fall any since we no, uh, tried it last week? Yeah, the backlog report isn't around, so I haven't, haven't gone back in. Um, but I was just thinking that uh, um, it would be cool. I don't know how it's set up for Index, but hopefully it would be this way when they grab those shards that you get after each round, that you actually grab it with the grip, and then because you squeeze it, like you hit a button and it crushes it. So it might be really cool to like grab it and then crush it yourself with the uh, Index controller. Um, you know, but yeah, yeah, ahead. I never thought about that. That's actually a really good idea. Um, what Roots is talking about here is at the end of each wave that you battle through, uh, they give you upgrades. Some of those upgrades come into the encased in crystal, and we have to push a button to break the crystal. But uh, yeah, you're right, Roots. That would be perfect to just uh, those those controllers have pressure sensors in the handle and you literally could just crush the crystal in your hand that would be great yeah yeah this whoever's playing this round i picked a different thing man they bitch slapped that boss like it's nothing yeah. yeah they probably have a few more repetitions in it than you and i yeah yeah watching uh, this anyway, makes me want to I'm play sorry. it though sorry no i just <laughs> it looks good that's so good man yeah, I'm the same way with like half the games we talk about on here. I start watching this this footage and just want to stop recording the video and go play VR. Yeah. But uh, anyway, not a whole lot to say here on uh, until you fall. I just wanted to report. I know quite a few people out there with Valve Index headsets were upset. Some of them claiming that uh, it was intentionally broken for the Valve Index. I've I've read this more than once uh in our comments and in our discord and uh i just wanted to let you guys know that uh, shell games is bringing official support to your platform you just have to uh take into consideration that this game has been in development most likely for well over a year and uh for a lot longer than your platform has been around so uh just hang in there support's coming just around the corner it just makes you wonder though like somebody's had a talking to like why is this not why did this come out like even if they just said on launch hey this isn't supported with index and window mixed reality people know and then there's not this big uproar um it's just an oversight that surprises me um from shell games because they're so good i guess it must have just been maybe somebody new you know dropped the ball yeah, I don't know. People people are basing those claims on the fact that uh, most things on Steam VR that support Vive work to some extent on Valve Index. 
Now, that said, what are we, like a month now, six weeks into the life of the Valve Index? So, uh, there haven't been a whole lot of new games come out in that period. So, uh, I wouldn't be so quick to suspect something nefarious is at hand here, especially since they're promising support yeah. uh, in the near future. But, you know, who knows? Maybe there's some kind of uh, agenda going on here that we don't know about. Maybe. Oculus Shields at Shell mm. Games. Yeah, that's right. All right, so that, that's enough about uh, about established VR games, games that we already own, games that we've already played. Let's take a look at a couple of new games that were either recently announced or uh, just recently discovered by me. Games that I've never heard of that I didn't know were coming until uh, just this past week. And the first game I want to talk about is a game called Beasts Shall Rise. Now, it's funny, with, with Beasts Shall Rise, I literally was, uh, this was a late addition to our show format today. I was literally thinking to myself about how much I love playing horror games in VR and about how I haven't played a horror game in, a, in quite a while. I need to find a game to get back into the horror uh, I love it so much. And then it occurred to me that next month is October. Halloween's just around the corner. Obviously, somebody's going to have to bring out a new horror release. I wonder who it's going to be. Hmm. So literally right after I think this, my phone vibrates in my pocket. I pick it up. It's a new episode of VR365. And right in the title of that video was this game, Beasts shall rise so i uh i thought wow that sounds interesting uh, i look up the game on steam and wouldn't you know it it's a brand new horror themed game coming out on halloween this year all right so what is this game quote fight your way through swarms of undead zombies vampires and werewolves in this action-packed vr game so this game is uh, it's going to be a first-person shooter, arcade style, and basically it's an homage to those 1980s zombie, vampire, uh, werewolf movies, those old monster movies that we all loved when we were kids. Uh, that's basically the setting here. That's, it's that kind of nostalgia that they're playing off of. And uh, from what I can see from the footage here, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Roots, what did you think about it? I couldn't believe how amazing it looks. Um, I'm looking at I'm watching this footage, and uh, a couple things are striking me. One, I'm watching Jesus actually move around on that cross, which is crazy. And then I don't know why they're carrying the cross anyway. Like, these zombies are running around attacking him, and he's holding the cross up, and it ain't doing jack shit, bro. You know, like you're wasting your time. Throw that stuff, grab another gun, and go to go to work there. But man, this looks really good. The detail of the graphics, the the zombies look like they're um, really cool looking, and the way they're moving is very um, lifelike and very looks very encouraging. And for a game that, like you said, I never even heard of this thing until today, um, it blows me away. And just how much is coming out in such a short time um, from indie developers that. Uh, um, it's just crazy. 
Yeah, can you believe that this is just some uh, some indie dev out of nowhere released something that looks this polished? Now, obviously, we know that uh, this is a, just a trailer. This isn't like some dude's gameplay footage. So they obviously pick things to uh, to put their game in the best light. But uh, man, this thing looks awesome. It looks like it's uh, been in development for quite a while. They say that it's uh, a love letter to the classics. Doom, Castlevania, hmm. Ghost and Goblins, Gauntlet, these type of games. And um, they gave a little more um, info on it here. But I was, I was trying to look it up real quick here. You mentioned that cross. Uh, when I'm reading over this list of key features here in Steam, the very last bullet point uh is called jesus radar so okay uh, so maybe you can you have a radar by holding up the uh cross well, that's maybe that's cool, what it though. is well i have my jesus radar on too so you know i can't blame them for if i was in that scenario i would be rebuking and i would be holding my cross up as well so yeah so i'd say that that's probably what that is that's the jesus radar and it's telling you where they're coming from yeah um Okay, so they're claiming a vast array of brutal weaponry, and they say the weapons that you can collect will depend upon the route you choose to take to the final the the final battle. Hmm. Um, spawn points and pathways will change on each playthrough, meaning no two games will be identical. So this looks like it's taking the until you fall approach. And uh, every time you play the game, you, you have a different map, and that map is going to give you different paths that you can take. And depending upon which path you take, uh, you'll get different weapons, power-ups, so on and so forth. Um, generally, I don't like these arcade-style games, uh, but it's something that I've developed a taste for since I've become a VR gamer, and uh, this just looks like a blast to me. Um, yeah, it looks really good. Let's see here. What else did they tell us about it? Um, uh, so what? Okay. Some Scott doesn't have some hidden Easter eggs, right? Oh yeah, you got it. You got it. The game contains many seasonal hidden Easter eggs, which are triggered to only appear on certain days of the year. And uh, in addition to that, they say if you dare to play this game after dark that you might trigger the Midnight Madness mode, which I imagine is a, a, a higher degree of difficulty, uh, especially like if you're in a werewolf level, I imagine after midnight of nights where there's a full moon, uh, in real life it could affect what happens in the game. Uh, some original ideas here, Roots. Uh, uh, if you're going to have an arcade game, arcade style, shooter game I, this is the way to do it right yeah yeah and i wonder if you're actually like if you're moving scene to scene or if you're actually moving uh um able to control your your locomotion to the scene or if, you know if you're stuck oh no it's completely free movement uh they have three teleportation or three locomotion um options you can either have free movement you can have regular teleportation or you can have dash teleportation oh cool so yeah, even though it's like a, 
a, a wave-based arcade type thing, it's not really. You, you do have a map here that you're working your way through, but it's going to be something uh, kind of like, uh, what's that game? Titan Slayer? Uh, or like maybe evasion it's going to be it's going to be uh, a, a map that you work your way through but not very story based it's going to be fast paced arcade style gameplay so while technically not a wave shooter it's going to play like one but uh, with all these extra weapons and caveats and uh, you know being able to move you know, make your way through a map makes all the difference to me. The, the fact that you're not looking at the same uh, exact scenery as you play through the entire thing, that makes a big difference to me. Jesus Radar, dude. Look at him. He's rolling his head wherever there. <laughs> That's really cool, actually. Whoever thought of that was a very unique idea. And the thought of getting to uh, to carry Jesus around with me in the game makes me feel a little bit more comfort as the zombies are attacking me. So that's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really, uh, it's really good thinking. I hope. Uh, not only do I hope that this game turns out to be as good as it looks, but I hope it actually comes out on Halloween. Yeah, because, that uh, would be cool. You know how these things go. It's targeted for Halloween. That doesn't mean that it's actually going to come out on Halloween. But uh, if it does, I know what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, and then maybe I'd like to see a video of um, Alex playing through it too. You know, if it's scary. Yeah, I think he should. He would be able to handle something like this. This is, uh, this isn't one of those, like terrifying, you know, brutally gory horror games. This is spooky horror. Mm. You know, sure, it's a little bit bloody when you take their their heads off, but uh, again, this seems like uh, Fright Night style horror. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. Those those mid eighties, uh, horror movies that we all used to love. Uh, this seems to be a, an homage to, to that kind of almost a, a Castlevania VR, except with guns instead of a whip. Yeah. There's so many good games that are coming. I just get so excited as we get further along this year. Yeah. I mean, man, I think we need to do a Monday show, uh, episode soon. Just, basically talking about anticipated upcoming releases because there's so much still slated to come out the rest of this year i think we lose um we lose track of them quite often and and just have the next big thing in our mind like we're so focused in on aspire one and, and stormland right now that games like this kind of fall under the radar and uh I think maybe we need to we need to talk about it a bit here sometime in the very near future. Yeah, Golem. Yeah. All right. So uh, moving on, we've got one more of these games. Games that are new to me, uh, probably fairly recently announced. This one I've never heard of before at all either. And this one's called I think. How would you pronounce that, Roots? I don't even know how to pronounce it. Now. Now, 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 the lost eye, yeah, the lost eye, yeah, it's it's N A A U, either now or now, the lost eye, and uh, I just again saw this game today on Steam, uh, and it's very very interesting looking game. This is a narrative 
VR action, adventure, and puzzle game. So not just one genre here, but it's an adventure game. There's going to be some action elements, some puzzle elements, but mainly uh, a fantasy adventure. Um, a lot of emphasis here, if you read uh, what the developer says about this game, a lot of emphasis here on the physics. They want realistic physics in this game, and uh, that's what they aim to deliver. Um, quote, realistic VR objects, characters, and environment interaction. You can grab and throw characters and objects around, or you can punch enemies. Uh, they promise a variety of advanced weaponry, special abilities, and combat techniques. You can access fireballs, magical powers, boomerangs, magical stones, flower guns, activated by collecting power stones, and more. You can battle against wizards, obsidian golems, Woldem giant trees, uh, little creatures, giant flowers, and quote, spider flowers, poisonous flowers, bats and bugs, and much more. Roots, this is basically a fantasy game. Normally the type of world that you would see in a, in a role-playing game, only this is not a role-playing game. This is going to be an adventure game, complete with some limited puzzles and some... Uh, very um, physics-based combat. Uh, I think this just looks cool as hell. What say you? Yeah, it looks pretty cool, actually. Um, I'm wondering uh, exactly, is it going to be somewhat of a platformer as well? It kind of looks like you might be running around as that person, but I don't know. It's very, um, it's very weird. A lot of it looks like very explanatory, and there's a lot left up in the air as far as what the gameplay is going to be like. Um, but you're right, it looks really cool. Um, definitely the design, the the artwork. Um, that portal when that, that guy goes flying through, it looks really badass. Um, so yeah, it has a lot of... Uh, um, it has me curious to see a little bit more about what's going on. Well, there's just a few things about this that, that really excite me. I think that um, this game is going to be one of those that's hard to put a label on. So there may be some platforming in some sections of it that may be a whole level of it uh i, I think that they've they're kind of dipping their toes in a lot of different buckets here uh but what really um excites me about it is one that they claim realistic physics in a fantasy game which is something really cool um not the highest detail graphics but really good use of lighting and color here uh, i think that this is going to look really good in vr um yeah I, again though it's an indie developer you never know how these things are going to turn out uh they're they're claiming that this is in development for pc vr platforms but this looks a lot of a lot like a quest game to me doesn't mm -hmm. it Hugh? yeah it looks perfect for quest you know like that it's not too detailed but detailed enough um very colorful um it could be very very good fit yeah, the only concern being, you know, obviously people who develop for Quest have to uh, have to uh, optimize their games down to a very small file size. And this game looks like something that could be a bit of an epic. And uh, especially coming from an indie developer, this could be a, a pretty large 
you know, download. So um, maybe they do it just for Quest. I mean, like you said, at least if you're going that route, it's not PlayStation. Um, they're they're the ones that everybody wants to get their game on because it's they see the future. The, you know of, of hardware, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Well, uh, with the indie developer, you you know when you talk about indie developers versus bigger developers, their definition of success is different. Whereas uh, they might, you know, Ubisoft might frown upon selling five thousand copies of the Space Junkies. Uh, these people who are making now or now, whatever you want to call it, uh, that may be a big deal for them. You know, if they could sell 5,000 copies of this game, you know, if it's just, uh, a team of, uh, of three, four or five people, that might be, uh, you know, a success for them. So, uh, uh, from what I understand, developing for quest is, uh, a different, a different skill set entirely uh, that's why we get a lot of this stuff on PC VR is because you don't have to know how to optimize like that so honestly I'd be surprised if we see this on quest but just looking at it uh, it looks like it could be done uh, and uh, it looks a lot like a quest game so who knows maybe we will one day yeah but anyway uh, like I was saying before, this type of game normally, role-playing game, and we're, we've got a bunch of those in development. Um, I'm excited to see what uh, what these types of worlds translate to in VR. Like, we have these sorts of adventure games on flat consoles. These, this was the type of stuff we used to play, like Zelda, you know, these, these sorts of fantasy worlds. Uh, in fact, this looks a lot like uh, the most recent Zelda game with the art style, but uh, uh, we've yet to really get one in in VR that I've played. I guess Vanishing Realms is kind of a, uh, an adventure game. Would you consider Vanishing Realms to be more of a, a RPG or an adventure game? I don't know. It's kind of like a Carnage Chronicles type of game, you know. It's not really like an RPG um, in that respect, uh, you know, the only one, the Orbis and that type of stuff is trying to be um, a little bit uh, MMORPG, but. All right. Well, anyway, this is a upcoming game, spring 2020 on this one. So we still have quite a while to wait on it, but I thought it was a really cool looking trailer. I think uh, that they checked off a lot of boxes here with what they're saying about the game. Let's just hope that uh, it's able to live up to uh, the image that they built for it here. All right, uh, so moving on, the last uh, the last big game, really, that I want to talk about on this week's program is a game that we've spoken about recently. Uh, another fantasy game, actually, now that, we're, we're, now that uh, I think about it, and uh, that game is Nostos. Uh, Nostos is a fantasy game, uh, but this one is an RPG. This is a, an MMORPG that's been in development for quite some time. Uh, we found out just recently from the people at HTC that this game is going to be coming to us in Q4 this year. So uh, not that long to wait, just a few months away. And they just recently, or actually currently, 
are in the midst of a four-day-long closed beta test for this game, featuring cross-play between VR and non-VR players during this beta. Um, the beta test includes two specific main missions uh, that each, uh, well, together they're supposed to uh, show off about two hours of story content from this game. That said, we've gotten over the last few days uh, a lot of uh, new footage of this game, actually. Uh, a new look that we hadn't seen before. Actually, there wasn't a lot to look at from this game before. We just had some small clips and a few screenshots. And uh, we said if that game looks like these screenshots look, that we were going to be really excited to get into it and try it out. Um, Roots, now we've gotten a, a much better look at this game. Uh, well, I guess I should ask you, did you get a chance to check out some of this new footage? And if so, what did you think? I did. I just, when I was downloading it, um, I, you know, when I first saw this game, I, you know, I like these type of games, but I, you know, I'm not big into anime. So I, I thought, eh, it doesn't look like it'd be my type of game. But then I saw the footage of, of the gameplay and I'm like, damn, this looks really good. And, uh, um, I do want to try it. I think it looks like it's done very well, very surprisingly well. So yeah, yeah the the art style in this game is very unique, and uh, it looks just beautiful. The the lighting, uh, the characters, the art, everything about this looks awesome. I did notice one underlying um, problem with most of the footage that I saw most of the new footage, there was uh, a lot of jitter, a mm. lot of shaking. Did you notice that? Yeah, I'm watching it now. It seems like his uh, um, footage is a little bit shaky there. You know, and it could be the same thing we've talked about before. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's our early release or it's not even released yet. And uh, they're recording OBS at the same time. And uh, who knows what the hell optimization issues it's having, but it definitely is jittery. Um, which... Yeah, they, they haven't had a, much of a chance to optimize it yet. Uh, they did recommend for the people who participated in this beta, uh, 9700K with mm -hmm. 16 gigabytes of RAM and at least a 1080 Ti. So, to run yeah, it pretty... on highest settings, right? R right. Well, yeah, to run it on high settings, uh, they... They recommended that you don't see that very often even in the newest VR games but again as you said this is a uh, it's a closed beta it's early on this game isn't set to come out for months from now and uh, to be honest uh, it, it looks a lot better than I even expected uh, looks like there's gonna be a lot of content here if they're giving away two hours of it in a beta Obviously, this is going to be an epic length adventure, wouldn't you say so? Yeah, it's going to be real, should be really big. And one thing I'm um, seeing a lot more of too is like the recommendations were 16 gigabytes of RAM, right? And I, you know, I'm always looking at my monitor as I'm playing games a lot, and um, I'm noticing a lot of VR games, uh, newer ones, are using, you know, 10, 12, sometimes 14 gigs. Like, I'm getting to the point where. I'm feeling like I need to get 
you know 16 more gigs so i've got 32 it used to be they would say 16 was uh overkill it's not quite the the way it is anymore wouldn't you agree oh yeah i mean and and now was actually a great time to to uh, make that upgrade because when i built my pc a little over a year ago uh ram costs about three times what it costs now wow so uh yeah it actually be a pretty good uh time to do that but yeah i, I agree the uh the the ram requirements have certainly gone up in the newer games and so have uh we're starting to see more games uh use more cores whereas four cores used to be the uh the standard now you're starting to see more games using six cores eight cores really eating up those threads on your cpu whereas uh six nine months ago that wasn't so much the case yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what this looks like finished product right only yeah. a few months away yeah uh, i was uh, cautiously optimistic uh, about it before and even with the uh the issues that uh, i've noticed in it i'm way more hyped on it now because there's quite a bit of footage out there if you guys are interested in this just type in nostos into uh, youtube filter out your results from the last week and there's probably some 10 people or so already that have posted significant footage of this game upload vr being one of them and uh, this thing seems pretty epic it really looks like um what we wanted journey of the gods to be if i'm being honest yeah yeah it does but uh yeah just uh one more one more game for us to talk about on our upcoming monday show episode when we talk about anticipated vr games for the remainder of 2019 this one just moved a few notches up the list in my book yeah for me too all right so I think that's going to wrap up the uh, majority of the game talk we're going to have on this week's episode. Now, uh, there is a couple other items I just want to touch on really quickly. And the first one being something, uh, something really interesting to me, honestly, because we don't see this every day in VR. And what I'm talking about is the recording artist Bjork. The, uh, uh, she's a fairly popular recording artist from Iceland. She's been around since I was in high school. For those of you who don't know who Bjork is, where you been? Anyway, Bjork's always been an innovator when it comes to uh, pushing the artistic boundaries of, uh, of the way that she brings her music to her fans. And uh, so certainly it's not a surprise when when we find out that this week Bjork has re-released her 2015 album uh, Volnacura in VR. Well, how do you release an album in VR? So apparently the, the first half of this album is a lot of standard 360 video live footage uh, of her performing the songs. And as you progress and make your way through this experience uh the second half seems to be more tailor-made for vr uh, a lot of uh 3d animations and things just a, a very um artistic vr experience 
for those of you who are fans of Bjork's music and as uh, are, are fans of her as an artist. Uh, I'm not going to claim to be the biggest Bjork fan. I don't have any of her albums. Um, but I am a fan. There are some songs of hers that I like. Uh, occasionally, I will watch uh, some of her videos on YouTube. Normally, it's something that I binge. Like maybe once every six months, it'll occur to me, hey, you know what, what I'd like to listen to right now? I'd like to listen to B. York because she does have a beautiful voice. She has a very original music style. And uh, I'll binge, you know, you know, I'll binge on her videos for 30 minutes here and there because they look like this. Always very unique, not just the, uh, the video, but the music as well. So I, for one, am very curious to see what she has created for VR. Um, Roots, are you familiar with Bjork? Are you a fan? Have you watched any of her videos? And what do you think about this VR experience that she's releasing? Yes, no, no, and it uh, looks intriguing. You know, I, I, uh, I am aware of her. I have not seen any of her uh, videos and um, I'm sure I've heard the music, but I'm I'm one of those people that like I just don't pay attention to who's singing what, you know. And I don't listen to much music anymore, but uh, but definitely have, uh, aware of her. And um, I I think this kind of thing is cool. Just even if you don't like her music um, or don't ever intend to um, listen to it, like you do have people you do like, and I'm sure everybody would love to to have their favorite artist. Um, Nine Inch Nails or just whatever, like whatever album you're Metallica, just something that's put into a, a venue where it's an experience. And, you know, especially if you're one of those people that love live concerts and, you know, think about what they can do when they can record and they can right now. Um, some of these concerts in such high footage that you do feel like you're there, mix that with the, the audio, um, some effects and, make it to be kind of like, you know, I can make an argument back in the day going to those laser shows, you know, the, you know, at the planetarium and stuff could almost be better than going to a, a concert because it was so cool and it looked cool. And, and now you, what you could do in the VR set with the music, you're not, it's limitless. And, uh, um, this actually looks very intriguing visually. Um, even aside from what people have, have bitched about the beginning of the first half. So. Yeah, yeah, I, that that's my take on it too. Even though I am uh, somewhat of a fan, again, I'm not a huge fan, uh, but I, I do, I do think she has a beautiful voice. I've always been intrigued by her, uh, her how artistic her videos are. They're always very interesting. And uh, I can, I've got to imagine that this VR experience is no different. This is going to be an experience, even if you don't appreciate her music, this is going to be an experience, something that you remember. I guarantee that. Uh, it's something that I've been watching and interested in for a while. I knew this was coming because uh, it's been listed as coming soon in Viveport, actually. But th the problem with the Viveport is, one, it isn't released yet. And two, uh, it only supports Vive in Viveport. They're, they're not listing uh, Rift 
as a supported platform here and um, if you own a rift and you want to experience this excuse me you have to get it from steam and that normally would be okay except for the fact that this is priced at $30 if you want to try it out today um, how long is it uh, seven tracks from what I understand so the whole album uh, seven yeah, tracks yeah. about 35 minutes maybe 30 yeah yeah a bit a bit pricey if you ask me when you can buy the album for probably 10 or 15 bucks uh, the VR version of it I mean I get it it costs money to produce something like this but uh, you know I, I think it's going to be a rather exclusive club the people that own this uh, because probably out of the group of people that I know I probably want to uh, experience this more than any of them but I'm not willing to throw down 30 bucks for it yeah it seems a little steep to me um, five dollars you know six dollars every five minutes or I don't know man it just um, yeah no it's definitely one I would check out on a sale you know yeah. I was even if looking I could at catch it. it like half off 15 bucks I would consider it then and even then I would have to think about it I just wish that uh, Viport would just support Rift for it so I wouldn't have to so let me ask you this what uh, artist out there would you not hesitate like you find out they haven't experienced exactly like this you know some of it's 360 some of it's not but you're like fuck it man $30 I'm, I'm doing it now uh, there, there's actually probably quite a few that I would uh, that I would throw down you know money down quick if it were a, a legit VR experience like um, System of a Down if System of a Down were to re-release one of their albums in VR I'd be on it in a heartbeat because uh, I, I know uh, not only am I going to really enjoy jamming out to that music but uh, Serge Tankanian is uh, quite an eccentric artist himself so uh, I'd be interested to see what they have to offer but there's quite a few if any of my favorite artists uh, were to do this I would probably throw down the 30. It's not a, is it not a brilliant idea in a sense I mean if you think about it we've talked about it before you know a lot of people that are into VR are older people and we all grew up with MTV and um, VH1 and music videos that don't seem to exist like they used to and then you release all your favorite music all your artists release a specific album in vr only that does and gives you an experience you could never get and like it brings several different types of uh artist um artistic things together and uh, i just think it could be magical and i think it could be a whole another avenue of you know you've got your games you've got your experiences and you've got your music videos um yeah yeah i think so too especially uh being from uh, an artist that came to prominence in the 90s uh i don't know how often you do this but if you go back and start watching some of those videos that we used to watch when we were in high school a lot of that shit is tripped out man I mean really crazy from an artistic standpoint and to think about the prospect of being able to be in some of those scenarios 
that's pretty much exactly what you have here. You're, you're going to be able to uh, be inside for some period of time. Uh, one of those 1990s era music videos. And I right, think with, it's just with haptics, right? So you can feel the music too. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't read that. But uh, no. But I mean, in general, like this type of a music thing, the oh, things yeah, that yeah, they yeah. could do, um, is just crazy. Yeah, yeah. The the possibilities are endless. I think it's really awesome that uh, Bjork is trailblazing here and uh, carving a path out for maybe some future artists to do similar things. I also think that it says a lot. Uh, about the future of VR, we keep coming back to it. More and more evidence that VR is coming into a uh, a new place in uh, in the mainstream culture. And uh, again, this is just further evidence of that. When you have a big artist like this with a large following, uh, deciding that it's worthwhile to uh, to produce something like this for VR, I think it says a lot. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much going to wrap our show. I do have one more item that I want to just touch on very, very quickly here, and that's uh, something we talked about last week, and that is the Lo-Fi Kickstarter, which happens to be linked in our description again this week. Um, the initial goal uh, that the Kickstarter had, the amount of money that they needed to raise to uh, ensure that we were going to get this game as described, $45,552. Pretty good chunk of change, to be honest. Uh, I'm happy to report that Lo-Fi met that goal uh, in about three and a half days. So by the before the fourth day rolled around, or, or finished, rather, uh, Lo-Fi met their initial goal, $45,000 some odd dollars. Um, but, that said, the campaign continues on through October 2nd. We have most of a month remaining here to try to hit some of these stretch goals. You know, the more money that, uh, that we contribute, the more content we get, the higher quality content we get. And uh, this past week, uh, Mr. Renaud revealed one of the stretch goals to be custom audio tracks to be recorded by the, uh, the uh, group gunship uh, I'm not particularly familiar with gunship but I did before we started this recording today check out some of their tracks and it, it's kind of cool it's uh, I would describe it as this 1980s uh, flavored synthwave music uh, it sounds like something straight out of 1985 um, really good vocals really original soundtrack and uh, I think it's cool that he's got a group like this on board to do the soundtrack. And uh, that's going to be the first stretch goal um, in a series of uh, a lot of stuff that he has listed, although it's not all revealed quite yet. Uh, a cool goal nonetheless. Uh, just a reminder, a $38 contribution includes immediate access to the developer build of Lo-Fi as well as a finished copy of Lo-Fi and a key for an Oculus Home copy of Technolust, which we uh, reviewed this past week on the Virtual Strangers channel, so check that out uh, if you haven't already. Anyway, 
I uh, just want to report, I just wanted to uh, update you guys that the uh, Kickstarter is already a success. And for those of you who haven't contributed yet, uh, the link's in the, the description. If this seems like it's going to be your type of game, uh, please go ahead and uh, uh, buy it now so that we can get a better game later. Yeah, makes sense, right? It's like you're going to buy it anyway. Why not put the money up front so he knows what he's working with and uh, and we all get a better game. So, Yeah, and for those of you who we persuaded with our um, review of Technolust, that game is, uh, is a lot better than we originally had thought. You know, upon the second playthrough, I discovered a lot of stuff, a lot of replayability in that, and... Uh, to be able to get that for just a few more dollars on top of lo-fi, I really do think that that's the way to go. So if you guys were going to buy Technolust anyway for 20 bucks, why not just go ahead and drop the $38 right now and uh, do your part to ensure that lo-fi is all that it can be. Yeah, exactly. And then you get to play through uh, Technolust and um, it'll tide you over until 2020 when this comes out. And you get the... Uh, the uh, build that you saw us um, when we talked about it last time, checking out, it's really cool. So yeah, I don't know if they're handing out immediate access to that or 2nd, if they're going to wait think. until the end of the uh, Kickstarter. Uh, I imagine that's probably uh, October third, October fourth. You'll get access to it, but uh, the dude's working on it every day. He he just updated it yesterday or the day before with a, a new gun holstering system because a, uh, a few people were complaining about how the uh, the guns, they just kind of randomly pop up in your hand and disappear a lot. So he redid that whole deal just based on two or, two or three people being critical of it. So uh, again, uh, an awesome world to explore even now. And uh, I can only imagine how much better it's going to be now that he has the funding to uh to bring in help yeah all right uh that said that's going to wrap up our news segment for the week if we miss something that you want us to talk about hit us up in the discord or leave a comment down below and we'll be glad to uh to discuss it with you yeah all right uh that said that's going to bring us into our weekly segment where we go over the content for the rest of the week on the virtual strangers channel so, as always, we have our um, Virtual Strangers program, which basically recaps the weekend news, uh, the stuff that we're interested in anyway. We don't always talk about every headline, but uh, we always live release this, uh, live premiere it on YouTube in the early afternoon on Sunday. Uh, we aim for 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But now that I said that, obviously we're not mm -hmm. going to make it. You're probably watching this at some point later in the day. But um, we're sorry, Jim. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jim Hall. We we, we tried, buddy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, for those of you who are interested in chatting with us and the members of our community as this premieres, be sure to subscribe, click the notification bell, and you will get a 30-minute heads up uh, before our episode premieres. But uh, for those of you who like to know ahead of time, we do aim for 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every Sunday for the Virtual Strangers program. 
All right, we follow that up on Monday with the Monday show. Tomorrow we're going to have the Monday show number four. All right, so what we're going to do tomorrow for the Monday show, we're going to have our very first installment of the backlog report. And basically what the backlog report is, Roots and I each choose something that, uh, something from our backlog, something that we've been meaning to play, but just haven't had the time to get around to. And we're going to play it, and then we're going to come on the Monday show and we're going to talk about it. It's as simple as that. But we're going to do it a little bit different than designed this first week, because oddly enough, Roots and I both wanted to play the same game. So Roots and I are both going to play some Trover Saves the Universe, and uh, we're going to be talking about Trover. Uh, we're going to be talking about that Jopo update or whatever it was. If it's still active, we're going to be experiencing that, and uh, we're going to be making it a little further in the game than we did before when we uh, did our review with Alex. And uh, the first thing we're going to talk about on our episode tomorrow is Trover Saves the Universe. The second thing we're going to talk about is a game that we actually have early access to, and we've had access to for a few weeks now, and that is Touring Carts from Ivanovich Games. This is a Mario Kart-style kart racer built for the ground up from VR. I do think they're going to implement a flat game version as well. I'm not quite sure. But I do know this is a, a cool-looking kart-style uh, Mario Kart racer for VR. And, uh, yeah, the multiplayer isn't quite functional on it quite yet. They're going to be implementing that and testing it sometime in the next week. But the single-player is ready right now, and there's quite a lot of content available uh, to play through right now. And Roots and I are going to be talking about touring carts tomorrow as well. So be sure to uh, tune in for that. And then for our um, our topic, we always end with some kind of a topic we discuss. Tomorrow's topic is going to be the Oculus Quest Store. It's been uh, increasingly obvious that they have a very exclusive uh, quality criteria for the games that they publish on their platform for Oculus Quest. And... Uh, some very highly popular, highly polished games have been denied recently. Games like To The Top, games like Touring Cards uh, have been denied access on the Oculus Quest Store. And we're going to talk about maybe why that's happening and uh, whether or not it's a good thing or bad thing for the future of the Oculus Quest. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. So, again, to, uh, to summarize what we're going to be talking about on the Monday show number four, we're going to start off with Trevor Saves the Universe. We're going to be talking about early impressions of touring carts. And then we're going to talk about the Oculus Quest Store and the criteria for being published on the Oculus Quest Store. All right, so moving on from the Monday show. As always, Roots is going to pick a game to review. I'm going to pick a game to review. These reviews will come out sometime later in the week. Uh, Roots, what did you choose to review this week? Ah, this week I chose Operation Warcade, and uh, I noticed it was on sale on Oculus the other day, and I mentioned it in the Discord, actually. It's another reason to be a part of the Discord. We're always watching for good sales 
um even not just us but everybody and and announcing all the good things that are on sale but it was a, the daily deal and it was five dollars and i thought oh my god i got to pick that up um even though i have it a- access to it through um i think it's alex's uh account but i'm not sure um but uh and then i thought wow i want to play this game i want to finish this game and uh, i thought oh shit, i can review it so yeah man this is it's such a good game, and um, I can't wait to get into it again with the uh, Rift S. Yeah, that, uh, I've actually got quite a bit of time in this game, but all of my time has been in PlayStation VR with the aim controller. Uh, and while I will be ducking in there quickly to see how badly I've fallen down the leaderboard, I do look forward to experiencing this in the Rift S as well. It's a load of fun. And uh, a very unique game, also from Ivanovich Games, like Touring Carts. And uh, yeah, tune in this week if you want to see what Roots and I have to say about Operation Warcade. Now, my game for review this week is going to be another popular, very good game for uh, all VR platforms. And that is Apex Construct. This is a game that uh, I actually started playing on PlayStation VR. I actually have some time in it on PC VR as well. But the reason why I'm choosing to review this game this week is because I was uh, granted review access to it on Oculus Quest uh, some month and a half, two months ago. And uh, I feel like if these developers were kind enough to grant me access to the oculus quest version the least i can do is play through it and give my impressions so tune in later this week to uh see uh what roots and i think not only about the playstation version and the pc version but the oculus quest version as well i was jonesing for a little bit of batman voice so i was glad when you picked this because uh it's been a <laughs> while since i've played this game yeah yeah well uh you're definitely going to get your fix of Batman voice if you're going into this one. Yeah. Anyway, two awesome games up for review this week. So again, Virtual Strangers every Sunday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time, live premiere on YouTube. The Monday show number four with Trover, Touring Carts, and the Oculus Quest Store criteria. Roots' review of Operation Warcade, and then my review of Apex Construct. And thus, we'll conclude another awesome week of content here on the Virtual Strangers channel. So, that being said, that's going to wrap up our episode today, folks. For those of you who have made it this far watching, we want to thank you so much. If you like what you've seen here, click the like button. And for those of you new to the channel, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell to stay up to date on all of our nearly daily content here on the Virtual Strangers channel. You know who else smells like a pile of butts? My mom! (laughs) Couldn't help it. (laughs) Uh, I get it, I get it. Anyway, thanks for watching, friends. For Roots, I'm Wes. We'll see you tomorrow, friends. Bye-bye. All right, and take it easy.